0: Hey everyone and welcome to the Grow with Grace podcast. My name is Cindy Van Cleve, the creator and host, and today I'm joined by Ryan Williamson. Ryan is a former 2020 to 2021 Texas FFA state officer, current national FFA officer candidate, and student at Texas A&M from El Campo, Texas. Ryan, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Would you please share a little bit about yourself?
1: Of course, and and thanks Sydney for having me. I'm I'm just so excited to be a part of this. Um, But like you said, I'm I'm Ryan Williamson. I'm a current student at Texas A&M University, but um, my agricultural roots started in my home community of El Campo, Texas. Um, My grandpa was an agricultural mechanic, and most of my family was involved in agriculture, so it was always a huge part of my life. But even beyond that, just growing up in a rural community influenced me in a lot of ways. My high school mascot was literally called the rice bird because we're a rice farming community. So I, I always love to share that fact with everybody. But yeah, I got super involved in, in FFA when I started high school and, and it really changed my life in in so many ways. Um, just through my participation on CDEs and LDEs, learning how to to have service projects, and and just really learning to impact my community in my own way as a high school student. So that led me to eventually serve as a Texas FFA state officer, um, but also continue to make an impact at Texas A&M or wherever I am. So um, I'm just excited to be here today to just share a little bit of my story with you. Yes,
0: I'm so excited to hear your story and just Cute talkings already been so fun so far. So you kind of touched on this already, but what has your FFA and agriculture story looked like growing up in high school and how do you like continuing on past high school and college?
1: Of course, so my, my family was always surrounded by agriculture so i felt like it was very natural for when i was in high school that i wanted to get involved in, in FFA and i remember going into my ag class for the first time not really knowing what FFA was but knowing that it was this really cool organization that i knew a lot of people who who were super involved in and learned a lot from it but for me i think my story in FFA really started whenever my ag teacher asked me to join the agricultural issues team for my chapter i had no idea what i was getting myself into i wasn't a great public speaker at the time and And I just dove in head first and learned how to share the mission of of agriculture and the mission of FFA. And and that was a really unique experience for me, but not only was I I learning about myself and learning about agriculture, but I was also learning um, who the leader that I could be was. And and so that was a a very unique experience that I I got to have, but I also know that like so many other students across the nation experienced that in FFA too. Um, But as I continued to get more involved, I continued to just expand my network of friends and I continued to to find mentors in the FFA and and it really, really changed my life. But um, as I kind of went into my junior and senior year, I realized that I could create an impact on the people around me, just like FFA was creating an impact on me. And so I chose to pursue leadership positions, whether that was in my chapter or that was um, in Texas FFA. And ultimately that led me to serve in as a Texas FFA state officer and, and now as a national officer candidate. But um, for me, I think the greatest moments that I had in the FFA happened um, in my chapter and and with the people who who really formed me and molded me into the person I am today. So I'm grateful that I said yes when my whenever my ag teacher asked me to be on, on that ag issues team because my life honestly would have been a lot different today if if I hadn't. Oh, that's so cool. Um I
0: actually was on Ag Issues the my sophomore and junior year. I don't think I'll be on it this year. I decided to do different LDE's, but I love DAG issues. I feel like with having so many people on a team, they'll all just become like one big family somehow. And I do remember this from your time or retiring address. I was like, yeah, I remember this, but um, I think that's so cool. Like how, like, like you said, just saying yes has led you to all these different and amazing things you've gotten to do. So, no, I kind of already touched on this already, but how would you say that this organization has impacted you, your leadership, your confidence, and all the things?
1: Yes, I. it's honestly hard to put into words sometimes just how much FFA impacted me. Um, when I think of, about the way just like FFA has changed my life, I think about who I was as, as a freshman in high school, and I think a, a lot for me, it was finding my direction, finding my identity, who I wanted to be as a leader, um, but also a lot of it was was just learning those interpersonal things that I was still struggling with as, as a freshman in high school. And I remember going through all of the changes that it takes to transition as a freshman in high school. Um, FFA really served as, as a home for me and almost almost a refuge of, of sorts where not only was I building up career-based skills, but I was also learning just who Ryan was on a personal level and uh, how Ryan could contribute to the society and, and the world around him, and I, I think that's where the greatest impact for for myself, but also a lot of FFA members come from. Like obviously, we're like we're working to do well in these contests, where we're working to to do well at our supervised agriculture experience projects. But but really, where where FFA benefits students the most is just the personal development. Um, personal growth, honestly, for me is, is one of the most important parts of the FFA mission. And, and I think I live by that every day because I struggled with my confidence, honestly, all throughout high school. And, and it's something I'm, I openly share with other people was just how FFA uh, built me up as a leader, but also built me up as a person to understand that the stuff that I I bring to the table is is valuable. Um, I don't think that when I when I think of myself as a leader, I don't see myself as the most traditional leader, but I understand now because of my experiences in the FFA that my my leadership style is valid and it's it's honestly necessary for the world and and I I hope that all students in FFA understand that but I I think that's the greatest way that um, FFA impacted me because because now even when I'm in college I'm super involved in our student government association and and a lot of the times where I'm interacting with other people or I'm going into an interview I, I think about how much just the skills that I learned in the FFA or the personal growth that I had I'm still using that as a junior in college now
0: I just I'm thinking back about what you're talking about like when you said yes like to doing all these things and one thing my my advisor always says is the heart of the FFA is at the local level and we just think about all these kids who have been able to do so many great things it's because I like to think someone took a chance on them and told them and believed in them that they could do these great things so I wholeheartedly agree with that and it is difficult to put into words when we look at back at our own FFA stories, how much these corduroy jackets mean to us. And even the kids who maybe don't do LDs or maybe don't wear that jacket as much, if they're in the show ring or if they're in career events, like we just see like every single person has their own unique story. And it just knows that a touch of our hearts will always hold the blue and gold. And I think that's so special. So thank you for sharing that. And continuing on again with all things FFA. What drove you to run for state office? It was the middle of COVID. The world was shut down. Why did you decide to run for state office despite all this unknowingness that was going on?
1: Yes. So when I when I ran for state office, like you said, the world was kind of shut down. It, it was a really weird moment in time. In, in 2020, um, that was my senior year, my last semester of high school. And I'll have to admit the decision to run for state office wasn't easy. I don't think it's super easy for anyone, but for me, it was definitely a hard decision because when you're deciding to run for state office, it's like, do you want to just go off to college or do you want to be um, a college student and state officer or do you want to work and be a state officer? it's almost like you're at it, like a fork in the road and you're deciding what to do. And for moments, I, I kind of went back and forth and not really knowing what to do. And and to be honest, I actually applied to be on the nominating committee and then withdrew my application because I decided that that wasn't where I wanted to serve. And I was wanting to, to give myself the opportunity to run for state office. So it, it definitely was something that I was always thinking about. But for me, the decision to run for state office came down to my understanding that that was where I thought I could create an impact on students and and honestly give back to an organization where that had transformed me into a person like I mentioned. That impact was instilling self confidence in myself and understanding that my individuality was valid and it was worthwhile. And I I think that was something that was my why when I ran for state office and it, it's still my why today. Not just in FFA but honestly. throughout my life is understanding that I can add value to other people simply by being myself and simply by being genuine with others and and that was something that I really wanted to accomplish as a state officer. Um, Though I had done great things in high school, um, I really thought that this was a way that I could expand my leadership abilities but also expand uh, just the opportunities that FFA had for students just to show up as themselves and and just create new opportunities for students to to be wholeheartedly themselves and I hope that throughout my year that I was able to accomplish that but that definitely was at the front front of my mind whenever I was deciding to run for state office.
0: That's so interesting so when you were like graduating that was my freshman year so my first my green hand year got cut off and so I really had no idea what like state officers did like who they were and honestly I was just like I, I had no idea. So I remember um, Bella Yoder actually came up to me when I was running for district office and she was talking to me and I, she mentioned graduating. I was like, who is this crazy lady talking to me right yes. now? She's still in her official dress. Like, didn't she graduate? And then my advisor told me that she was a state officer. And I swear I was like, what in the world just happened? And I was so starstruck, star, so starstruck after that. But like, your team was like the first state officer team I'd ever saw, the first um, state convention experience I ever got to have. So I always like think of like y'all's team as like the first um like experience that I got to see of those state leaders. And so, so cool. And I do think that you've accomplished your goal of being Thank genuine genuinely creative. It's so fun to just like hear everyone's memories of the impacts that all our officers have had on us and even the students who not aren't an officer. So. I just wanna let you know, I think you did your job and I'm sure Thank so you. many other people can vouch for that as well.
1: Thank you. And that kind of blows my mind that you're a freshman whenever I was running for state office. That's that's crazy to think about, but um, also I, I have a similar like experience with um, whenever I was a green hand, I remember the state officer that year was facilitating a workshop. And I remember being like, why is she in college and still an FFA? And so I, I think that's that's funny that you thought the same way because I had that same experience and it if I, had ever thought that I like or if anyone had ever told me that I was going to be a state officer doing the exact same thing she was that like I would have told them that they were crazy so it's funny how just like life happens in cycles and um, I ended up having that experience
0: (laughs) (laughs) so how how did like your state officer experience play into your role for national office because I know like when I think of the FFA, sometimes I only focus on the state level. And let's be honest, Texas is pretty big. So it's so easy to get like caught up in our state level stuff. So I've never really thought about like what national FFA might look like. Could you kind of talk about how like your experience of state office played into your role to run for national office? I think when, when it comes to,
1: to my journey as a state officer, I really didn't even think about running for national office for the longest time. I I was thinking, okay, I'm going to accomplish what I want to as a state officer, and then maybe I'll reevaluate when the second semester of my my state officer year hit. And I remember when that second semester hit, and I was reflecting on all of these experiences that I had. I I, um, was able to be the, the delegate whip for Texas FFA, which means that I was in charge of just national convention and and we kind of created this alternative experience because it was the COVID year. And that was a wonderful experience um, just to get to, to put on some type of event that meant something to members. I remember an experience I had at, at actually your areas, Area 6 Greenhand Camp, um, where I had a really unique experience with, with an FFA member who um, I really connected with in, in a lot of ways. And I also remember traveling on, on the road and, and having such valuable memories and, and moments where I was able to create an impact. and I remember as I was, as I was kind of getting towards maybe March or April of my state officer year, I was, I was thinking, you know, I could see myself continuing to create an impact in FFA. I don't have to continue creating impact through FFA, but I could see myself that like that there was still value that I could continue to add to this organization and and I could still continue on. And so about April, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put myself out there. I'm going to to fully immerse myself into the process and I was I was going to run for it. and, and luckily I was able to be selected as Texas's candidate in, in 2021 and and ran. Um, and and that was such a valuable experience for me to get to to realize that you know I was creating an impact right now, but I could still look forward and continue creating an impact no matter what capacity I was in and, and national office was just the opportunity that I, I wanted to to do that at the time.
0: That's so that's so interesting and so special. Was there a specific person or an event that really like helped you push towards it or like inspired you to continue making that decision once you kind of like had it in your brain and was thinking about it?
1: Yeah, of, of course. I um I think that moment for me, like like I, I mentioned, was at Area Six Green mm-hmm. Camp, um, where I got to in- interact with um a student. She was from first year chapter and it was was a a whole group of of girls that that she was with and um, I I love this memory that that I I have with her because I remember I I was just sitting and she like I was sitting in just like a row with a bunch of other freshmen and she just like turned to me and just said hi and introduced herself and she she was very quiet and it reminded me a lot of myself as a a freshman and in that day I remember. After talking with her for just a little bit, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna make it my mission to make her feel included in this organization. And, and we were going to have a fun time. And, and we just had the best day together and just getting to interact with her and hearing what it was like to come from a first year chapter was was so unique for me. And, and we still kept up uh, even months after that experience and getting to see that um, she ended up getting super involved in her chapter, even as a green hand and and seeing the impact that that she made was was super unique to me. And, and I realized, in that moment, that as someone who is in an officer position, but even as someone who's just an older member in the FFA, I was able to exert some type of influence that probably changed the course of of someone's life. Whether she realized that, whether I realized that or not, um, those little moments have the the potential to create the biggest difference on other people. And I think I think that moment, even though it was really small and I, it was just a conversation I had with someone, I realized just like the the influence that you can have um as just someone who's willing to take the time to to connect with someone on an emotional level and and so i think that was an experience that i realized like just continues to push me to this day whether whatever i'm doing
0: that's so cool i wonder if she knows i wonder if she's like wow I, <laughs> I, know, I, should,
1: I know I should probably text her and, and say thank you for giving me like that experience because it, it was just it was just one of those moments where I, I just still think about it and and even journal about it occasionally from time to time thinking of it so
0: yes, yeah. I think our impact if we like our actions and our words can be so small like I always say like you smiling at someone could change their day like you just holding open the door for someone and I think when we make all those little like, our kind words, our kind actions, and just a joyful energy to, a joyful, like, attitude to other people, you, um, you're having that intentional impact towards other people, and you're being intentional with it, and I think it's so important that, like, we're intentional with our words, our actions, and all the things, so that one day, like, we might not know it, but we create that, like, domino effect of just so much more, like, happier people, because we just, you know, help fix it in ourselves so that other people can become more joyful and all that stuff.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So you mentioned this briefly, but you ran for national office in 2021, and unfortunately, did not make it that year. When you did not make national office the first time, what motivated you to try again?
1: Yeah, I, I think when I ran for national office the first time, it was, I consider it to be one of the greatest opportunities that I ever had. Um, Obviously, I was so lucky to be able to run, but honestly, them saying no to me that time was such a wonderful opportunity, because even though it was hard in, in the months after to really process that and understand it, I think whenever you put yourself into something and, and the answer is no, um, sometimes that can be really hard to comprehend, but but I think as I continued throughout college and really discovered myself outside of of what, it, what FFA was or Um, discovered myself outside of what it looked like to have a title in such a big organization I really realized how great of an opportunity that the nominating committee gave me um, and that that no really gave me Um, and I think I I got to learn a lot about myself and and who I was and so um, I think in in a similar timeline to um, the previous year around April or March I was thinking okay like I've created an impact in FFA. I've continued to give back outside of the jacket by facilitating conferences and working with our state staff to to see how we can help implement changes to Texas FFA. Um, But I still had a a passion to continue to serve um, in that way and I saw places where I could make my mark and continue to to fulfill my why of, of helping students understand their individuality and so um, even though that was a hard experience for me to go through last year, I honestly think it opened so many doors for me to discover who I was, make new friends. Um, um, like like I mentioned, me saying yes to my ag teacher opened so many doors and changed my life. Like I think uh, me not getting national office that first time literally has changed my life in so many different ways. And I'm so grateful for the friends that I made because of it, the opportunities I was able to have. And um, even this time as I run again, um, it's the same way I'm at a fork in the road and and there's a yes or a no answer that could happen. And I think either way, I'm going to be given such a wonderful opportunity for growth. So I'm just so excited for that.
0: I like that. I like what you said. I talked with another national FFA officer candidate in my last episode, and she was saying the same thing. It gives you like when you have had yeses and then that no, it gives you a chance to like see life outside of the blue jacket. And I know- when I first ran for like my chapter officer as a freshman year, because I was so, I was terrified. I was not going to raise my hand. I was not going to do anything. And I actually was not going to do it at all until I got an email. I was like, get it done. And I was like, okay, yes. I guess I'll do it. So, and then I got it because I was so scared of the word no. And then I got yes. And then I tried again for something else. And it was yes. But then I got like a big no. And I was like, well, gosh, darn. Now what do I do? <laughs> and so like you said, like you get to see all these other opportunities and how so many other doors have opened despite that one door being shut. So thank you for sharing that. I feel like a lot of students, sometimes you wanna take those no's and just take them to heart. But in actuality, if you just let that no, show you all the other open doors past that closed one, then it's so much more
1: important. I agree. And I, I also think just like one thing I would like love to add is I think when a lot of people get that no answer, whether that's them running for chapter office, like you said, or that's even just going out for like a competition team in the, in their chapter, and they get that no, sometimes it can hurt really bad. But um, my best advice is is if you're passionate about it and and it creates some type of motivation in you to do it again, like say yes to that, um, because again. Um, if you've gotten that no once, like I, I think you realize the opportunities that can happen from from getting it again, but also the opportunities that can happen from you picking yourself up, putting yourself out there, and then chasing after that dream again.
0: Exactly. So another opportunity we were able to be a part of was the Texas FFA Ford Leadership Scholar Program, which students do throughout their senior year. Could you kind of describe that program a little bit?
1: Yes, of course. Um, the Ford Leadership Scholar program, honestly, was one of the programs in Texas FFA that I'm so grateful that I was able to be a part of. It really changed my outlook, not only on what it means to be a, a servant leader, but also what it just means to, to like love people unconditionally, work with people who are different than you. Um, it it changed my perspective on, on so many different things, uh, but basically how it works is they select 10 students from across the state of Texas to serve as a Ford Leadership Scholar. and After you get selected, you go through a week-long leadership training in the summer before your uh, senior year and get exposed to a wide variety of experiences and um, different um, opportunities that you get to have through that that week-long experience to just collaborate with others, learn different dynamics as a team, and so um, that that was super unique. Um, And then after that you create a capstone service project so um, you go out in your community and create some type of service project that's both substantial and sustainable and that's going to. All
0: right, before we get started, again, would you do you want to be my B reel for today.
1: Of course, let me let me get in better lighting. There you go.
0: There you go. Okay. (laughs) let's redo that one. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I think I had just finished talking about the Ford Leadership Scholar Program. I think you're going to go into what my project was. Yes.
0: All right. So for your Ford Leadership Scholar Project, it was the El Campo Bookmobile. Why a bookmobile? I feel like that was my main question when I saw what your project was, was why Bookmobile?
1: Yeah, of course. So a huge part of the Ford Leadership Scholar program is is teaching students to identify a need in their communities. And and for me, I think there was one need that was super evident was encouraging students to read. Um, My mom is a librarian. So naturally, like growing up, I always was so invested in reading and I, I like love to read. I remember like in fourth grade, I read like all of Harry Potter in one s- semester, like that's how like dedicated I was to reading. And and it was just a huge passion of mine, but I also saw that a lot of students in the community, like they didn't have the access that I had to books because they like lived in communities that were really far away from our public library or they just didn't have the transportation to get to the public library when school was closed. So, my goal of the project was to bridge that literacy gap between people who had the opportunity like me and people who, who may not have had that opportunity. And so I, I came up with this idea, just talking with my mom and then other librarians in our community. Uh, we decided the best way to get students, ha- their like to get their hands on these reading materials was, was not to, to bring them to the library during the summer, but was rather to bring the library to them. So essentially what my bookmobile was, we renovated a cargo trailer to have uh, shelving that was like specially made to transport books and we bring essentially a library of books to those students and and so we'll park the the bookmobile and open up the trailer and the students get to go in and pick uh, one or two books of their choice and and they actually get to keep those books they don't have to return them like a normal library and and so that was the gist of my project and I spent pretty much my entire senior year and even a little bit longer than that completing that project and and it just was one of the greatest opportunities I, I was able to have. And I still talk about it all the time because um, yes, it served my community and it was amazing, but it also kind of sparked a movement in in my home community of El Campo of just people being more aware of of the need for literacy and the power that a child having a book can have. And um, like our local Rotary club who, who played a huge part in in donating to my project and and making sure that we had plenty of volunteers. Uh, They actually started like a subcommittee just dedicated strictly to like advocating for literacy. And I don't think my project was the main catalyst of it, but it's definitely been a huge part of of what they do. And so I'm just so grateful that I had that opportunity, but um, honestly, my biggest takeaway is, is just encouraging other students, whether they are a Ford Leadership Scholar or in a program like that or not, that they can create some type of impact as long as they identify a need and, and have a good idea for a project and, and the means to execute it. Um, I think anyone can create a, a project no matter what title you have. Uh, it, just, it just takes the motivation and, and the ability to do so.
0: That's so cool. I'm also, I'm an avid reader myself. Uh, And I love to read since I was so little. But so I was just like, whoa, bookmobile, because a lot of people don't really like talk about books or like the need for people to like read, whether it's like reading about like things that have happened beforehand, because if you think about it, if you can't read, then how are you going to be able to understand like why we do things now or like read the constitution or all these important things. So I really like the project. And I think that's so cool that other organizations in your committee kind of came together and I feel like yes. when, like, as a community, we identify, like you said, the specific needs, then everyone else just kind of follows and you all help out with it. So I think that's so cool. And just, like, does it still go around? Like, how does it work? Like, who, like, drives it, it and stuff?
1: It's still in operation. So the, right now, how it works is, the like, the librarians of El Campo are in, in charge of it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the Rotary Club kind of, they supply the volunteers and then, also like my FFA chapter has a huge part in it too, and making sure it has like the upkeep uh, because I wanted to make sure that my chapter was always going to be involved because that's where I got the opportunity to even do that from. And so uh, it's kind of a collaboration between multiple parts of our community, but it runs during the summer mostly. Um, we'll go to different events or or we'll park it at a church or somewhere where just a lot of people typically gather. And then, uh, like I said, students get to go pick their book and, and, and keep that. And so we try to keep a regular schedule of, trying to go to a different place every week or, or two um, and yeah I've just been super grateful to have people who are, are keeping the project going because now I'm in, in college and, and um, running for national office and, and just super involved at my university so it it kind of keeps me away from El Campo at times so I'm just grateful to have people who are, are willing to, to continue it on.
0: That's so awesome I really like hearing all the different things like people can do. And um, it has to do with books. I'm automatically 100% interested.
1: I know, I feel like just reading opens up so many opportunities for people. And and I'm just grateful that through my project, I get to help open those opportunities for, for other people, even if it's just giving them a book that they get to read and enjoy with their family.
0: Exactly. So we're gonna continue on the track of your senior year. And we already mentioned how you graduated in the class of 2020 and how crazy that year was. So what's your advice to current seniors yes. on making the most out of their senior year?
1: Yeah, so my senior year was kind of crazy and all over the place. I think um, the first half and and honestly up until the, the fourth semester or the fourth nine weeks, that's how my school was, was separated, was in, in four, nine weeks. And up until then, I was just go, go, go all the time. And I, I feel like I wasn't necessarily taking in all of the things that, that I had to enjoy my senior year, whether that was time with my family or that was um, the just the opportunities and, and the conferences and all of the different things I was getting to do through FFA. I felt like I was just on this constant stream of just moving and trying to close things up, um, close out my time in organizations and different activities I was doing that I never really like sat back and was like, wow, like this is how these opportunities are shaping me and how they're going to affect me. Uh, during the next chapter of my life. And so I feel like that's my biggest advice is is, um, you're in a unique position and life is going to change a lot after your time in high school. Um, So I just encourage you to maybe say, okay, what are things that I need to do and prioritize what's really important to me right now. Maybe that's spending time with your family and going and do, doing something with them, or that's really putting your all into like a few things so you can focus on them and make your senior year as best as possible. But I just, I just really encourage you to, to give yourself the space to just breathe and and not um, approach burnout like so many seniors do and, and just be as as grateful as possible for, for all that's going on because I, I wish that I had like cherished my senior year a lot more before like the pandemic had happened because um, then once that happened, there were some experiences that I didn't necessarily get to have that I wish I would have. But I also realized there were um, like a semester and a half of experiences that I could have taken in a lot better if I if I knew that that would have happened. And so I just I just encourage that.
0: I agree. I feel like I'm a, I'm graduating this year, so it's just thinking like, yes. oh gosh. What in the world? <laughs> and I know. So, um, I know that there's so much I want to do. So many things like, oh, like I oh, was good in my act teacher. Let's do this contest. Let's do this contest. Like, let's, let's do that. But it's like about the quality of the work you're putting in and like the experiences that you're going to get out of it rather than the quantity of all the things that you get to do. So I think that's so important. Like what you said, and I'll definitely be taking it to heart because I just want to go, go, go all the time. And I'm trying to sit back and be like, it's okay to breathe and not just I, be ready to keep moving.
1: Yes, I agree. I was just like you, Sydney, my senior year. And I'm two and a half, three, three years out of, of high school now. And I'm like, I would be grateful if I was in your position right now and thought, okay, let's let's focus on um, quality rather than quantity of things. So hope you do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so how did you deal with burnout and keeping, and keep pushing yourself through all the difficult times?
1: Yes. So like I mentioned, I think burnout was something that I definitely approached during um, my senior year. I um, My closest friends when I was in high school were a year older than me. And so I um, they graduated and they were off at college while I was still a senior in high school. And um, I had definitely had great friends when I was in high school too, but it was just like different. And I was going through a huge change in, in learning how to adapt without them. Um, but also I was just so busy with filling out scholarship applications, trying to succeed in, in FFA contests, UIL contests, all of the different things I was doing on my high school campus. And life definitely got so crazy my senior year. And I got to some points where I just was so unmotivated and like I was producing such high results and, and always putting putting out like great results. And then I just like was crashing because like it's just not a sustainable way to live life, to continue to to always expect the highest results from yourself and, and never get yourself time, give yourself time to breathe and, and really rest. So I think during my senior year, obviously after um, the pandemic started and we got into quarantine, I had so much time to relax and and do self-care, but um, throughout my senior year and and definitely still now, I have to remind myself that once I'm feeling myself getting like super stressed, you know, when you can just like feel it where you're just like anxious and, and super stressed all throughout. um, I have to remind myself that I need to just take time, and, and for me, reading and journaling is something that really helps me center myself. Um, I play the piano, and and that's something that that helps me really relax and calm. So, doing those activities, even though it feels like I'm taking time away from all of the other things that I can be accomplishing, like I always think myself in the long run, because if you take the time to to focus on the things that bring you joy in life and 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 bring you some relaxation, I think. You'll think yourself you'll self, you're, you will think yourself in the long run because you're going to be able to, to go back to how you were performing in, in the beginning. And so as a senior, I think that's that's the advice I wish I could give myself because I struggled with that self-care and, and that relaxation because I always was like, I need to achieve this but in reality like your mental health is more important, uh, your ability to just stay calm and, and I think like I said, the outcome is always better whenever you take the time to, to take care of yourself.
0: That's really good advice, and I hope I take that to heart because, I, like we said, always trying to keep moving and keep doing all the things. Even now, like, with the first one, I'm ready to fill out all my applications and ready to do this, and I found myself, like, drifting. I'm like, no, go back and, like, hang out with your friends and do the things that, like, a normal kid is supposed to do and stop trying to, like, grow exactly. up too fast and all that kind of stuff. Yes, so, give
1: yourself time to be a 17 or 18-year-old. I just like that, again, you're at such a unique time in your life. So, so give yourself that time to breathe and, and have fun.
0: Exactly. So what decisions did you make in high school that you feel have best prepared you for college? You said that you were in student government and you're at A&M and all the things. Mm-hmm. So what do you think in high school has kind of helped you prepare for those opportunities? Uh,
1: of course, like I mentioned, FFA prepared me so much to just that, in so many ways, it it developed me into someone that I think about all of the ways that it's transformed my life, but um, I'll kind of stray away from that and talk about some of the other decisions that I made that prepared me in a lot of ways. Um, I think throughout high school, I, w- I was very lucky to have an older brother, so uh, he kind of paved the way for me in, in some ways, and so um, I always had the idea of thinking about like scholarships or, or different ways that I was going to prepare myself for college and, and maybe build up my resume. Um, those are important things, but those aren't essential to be successful. Um, but those were definitely things that I was thinking about because uh, paying for college wasn't going to be uh, the easiest way for me. So I made sure that I was not only developing myself as a person, but I was also developing the experiences that I was having. And so um, I got super involved in in journalism at my high school. And, and so I, I really learned how to write and like write very efficiently and quickly and convey my thoughts in a concise manner. And, and so that was something that was really unique. I got involved in like National Honor Society, Student Council, made sure I was involved on campus and and giving back to my community. And I think uh, those are experiences that really added up and help added up and helped me just better prepare myself for uh, college and and even serving as a, a state officer. Because I think having experiences outside of FFA is really important. And honestly, what, like going back to it like that is such a, a valuable thing that I did was making sure I was also a person outside of FFA because I think that made me such a more well-rounded individual because, um, I love FFA. I think it's amazing, obviously, but making sure that I always, um, was grounded in the, the other things that were going on, on in my community made sure that I was, was developing my, developing myself in other areas that maybe FFA wasn't able to. And I think because of that, I was, um, successful in, in high school, but also I was able to just apply for scholarships and, and was lucky enough to be awarded some of them that helped me um, have the ability to go to Texas A&M so I could, I could pay through school.
0: I like that. Thank you. And so finally, the so last question, yes. are all these moments, where do you feel like you've experienced the most growth?
1: Hmm. Honestly, I, I have to go back to talking about not getting national office um last year. I think I, I had so many opportunities in high school and, and throughout FFA that, that really grew me and developed me as as a person. But when I think back to to the greatest moments where I just grew as a person, whether that was in my confidence, whether that was in my ability to lead others, or just my ability to understand myself and articulate that to others, like it it really happened in the moments where I failed or I didn't get something that I really wanted. And, and And for me, I I think back to my first year on the NAG issues team, and I was third place at area, so close to going to state, and and that pushed me to succeed in the next years. Um, But when I didn't get national office, like I mentioned, it was hard, but it also was such a great opportunity for me to just grow in my confidence. Because um, I think back to who I was a year ago, and I don't think I was necessarily like the best version of myself that I could be. And so I spent this past year just discovering who I am, discovering how I'm going to show up for others in context outside of of just the blue jacket. And I think because of that, I learned so much about myself and I'm going to be a better person when I put on that jacket in, in a month with the attempt to to run. And, and I think I'm I'm so much more confident in in um just kind of the life I've built outside of FFA that I think I can show up as a better FFA member and just as a better person in, in general. And so I I think that's where I've, I've grown so much and um if i could just say the way i've grown is it's in my confidence and in in my ability to just understand myself
0: i really like that and thank you so much for joining me here today it's so exciting to get to like ask all these questions and just get to interact and talk with you you have such an incredible story and i feel like there are so many things that i know i've taken to heart about like breathing and saying call me yeah. it's just focus on what's going on now and even your story about sometimes we get those yeses and the no's. And I just know that so many people are going to be so influenced by this and inspired to keep going even when the first door closes. And so thank you and best of luck as national office comes, at, um, interview stuff comes up in October. I'm so excited and I know the rest of Texas is rooting for you.
1: Of course. Thank you so much. It was, it was truly an honor and I had so much fun talking with you. Thank you.
0: Thank you.